One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And it's Sadie's night, and you guys, I am jacked to the hilt on vegan buffalo dip from Trader Joe's, so mm. I am ready to party. Yeah. I had a Z bar, like a granola bar for my child's pantry, my children. Yeah, it's got to yeah. get weird. <laughs> vegan dips and Z bars. Mm, woo. woo. What, do you got, what do you got for us tonight, Sadie? Okay, this one, you, I just, we say it every time, but this one's rough. It's very okay. sad. Okay. And we're, I'm going to just put out a trigger warning for hate crimes and severe homophobia. Wow. It's, okay. It's a good one, and it's important to tell, but it's a rough one. All right, everybody. It's one of those that you start to research, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I really, yeah. this is a heartbreaker. I just had to power through. Yep. So this is the terrible murders of Gary Matson and Winfield Mauder. Oh, Jesus. So 50-year-old Gary Matson and 40-year-old Winfield Mauder were treasured members of their community in Redding, California. Both were expert gardeners. Gary had been an integral part of starting the Redding Farmer's Market. He started a community garden that helped feed the hungry and was one of the founders of the Reading Arboretum and the Carter House Natural Science Museum, which is now the Turtle Bay Exploration Park for Children. Oh my God. Some people just make you feel like a lazy, lazy bone, don't they? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like a terrible human being who doesn't yes, do anything to, for anybody. I need, no, I need to fa- found things. I need to engage with my community. Yes. Good for them. Yeah. He earned a Master's of Science degree in Environmental Horticulture from UC Davis in 1984. People would come to Gary with a leaf from a tree or a bush, and he could tell them what the name of the plant was and where they could find it growing in the streets of Reading. He was a huge part of the community, and they had his back too. Quote, when Gary was fired from the Arboretum for what the organization said was insubordination and what Gary said was for trying to start a union, readers wrote to the record searchlight to protest. 
One nice. Le- mm-hmm. Yeah. One letter to the editor read, quote, I am astounded at the lack of judgment and foresight of the new Turtle Bay Museum management who would deprive this community and the Arboretum in particular of a person with the qualifications and talent of Gary Matson." Yeah, fuck yeah. Winfield shared Gary's love of horticulture and worked at Orchard Supply Hardware's plant nursery while working towards his master's degree at Chico State University. How old are these guys? So uh, Gary was 50 and Winfield was 40. Okay. Yep. He held a Bachelor of Science degree in anthropology. Friends said that it wasn't uncommon for Winfield to persuade customers who came in to buy pesticides to purchase a more natural remedy. Mm. Winfield frequently spoke at local high schools, serving as a source of knowledge and support for both gay and straight teens. He started an LGBTQ organization at Shasta College, and both Gary and Winfield were known to offer guidance to those in their gay community, especially during the HIV-AIDS epidemic. Mm. Friends said they provided a, quote, general soothing influence and quiet strength to all they met. So Gary and Winfield had been together for 14 years and shared a home in Happy Valley, California, just outside of Reading. Gary had been married before meeting Winfield, and he and his ex-wife had a daughter together named Clea. Which is an amazing name. They're all amazing names, all the way around. Winfield, come on. Mm Mm-hmm. In 1997, the couple founded PlantsToGo.com, which was an online nursery specializing in plants for hot climates. They Mm. loved plants. They Mm. loved plants Mm. so much. (laughs) I love them. I love thinking about them Mm. and their house and their Mm. life and all of it, all of it. Despite Reading being a small conservative town, the two men were well-known, well-respected, and well-loved, as they should be. Of course. On the morning of July 1st, 1999, Gary's father, Oscar, called his son and was surprised by a strange, newly recorded greeting left on Gary and Winfield's answering machine. Oh, boy. The message said that the couple was ill and had left for San Francisco to visit with a, quote, specialist friend for treatment. Mm. Gary's father saw him the night before and knew that Gary hadn't been sick. When he told Gary's brothers about the strange message, they called and listened to it. What they noticed more than anything was the voice didn't belong to Gary and wasn't familiar to them at all. I don't like it. No. I also read reports that it was Gary on the answering machine and that he sounded scared. Uh Um, And I wasn't able to to find out Uh which is true. Yep. But I did watch a show and the brothers were interviewed and they said it wasn't Gary. So I'm going to go with that. Yep. So alarmed, Gary's brother Roger drove to his house to check on him and Winfield. When Roger arrived at the house, he didn't see them at first, but as he worked his way through their home, he eventually found Gary and Winfield laying in the bed they shared. They had both been brutally murdered. When police arrived, they found no sign of forced entry and no apparent signs of robbery or anything being taken from the house. In the bedroom, blood was splattered all over the room, and 22 caliber handgun casings were found littering the floor. They found the men in their platform bed, which was about seven feet off the floor. So I get the impression it was like a, like a large bunk bed, basically. Right. You know, like a, right. You like walk, climb up on it, mm-hmm. sort of like, a, like almost yeah. like a loft bed. Yeah. Yep, I yep. couldn't find pictures yes. of it, but that's sort of what I'm picturing. 
Yep, I can they picture it. And they probably had like a jungle of plants underneath the bed is also uh, what I 100%. Picture. Yes. Yep. It looked like the gunmen had used a chair to climb on so they could reach them while they were sleeping. Mm. So Gary's Toyota's Tercel station wagon, his ID and credit card were the only things found missing. An autopsy would show both men had been shot execution style. Mm. Gary was shot five times in the head and once in the back. What the fuck? Winfield had been shot seven times in the head and once in the neck. What is wrong with somebody that they have to be so aggressive? Mm -hmm. Total overkill. So much overkill in the head. Ugh, Mm -hmm. God. Police questioned family and friends to see if the couple had any known enemies that would want them harmed, but everyone insisted that they were well-loved members of the community and had no problems with anyone. Police put a be on the lookout for Gary's car and kept an eye on his credit card statements, hoping someone would be dumb enough to use it. Within a few days, authorities were able to recover his car 50 miles south of Reading near Yuba City. And a huge break in the case came six days after the murders when police got an alert that someone was using Gary's credit card. Good job, dummy. Mm -hmm. Keep it up, dum-dum. They were able to trace the purchases to a company in Scottsdale, Arizona, that said someone had called them just two hours after Gary and Winfield were murdered and ordered a large amount of ammunition and other equipment, totaling more than $2,000. Holy shit. Wow. Not only you're not just using it, you're using it for weapons. Yes. Violence. Additional violence. Yes. Holy shit. The caller asked that the order be sent to a Yuba City private mailbox firm, care of Gary Matson. Hmm. The order was paid for with Gary's credit card, and detectives were able to trace the address where the package was being sent. Police rushed to the mailbox company and arrived just as two men showed up to get their large order. Mm-mm, no, what are the yes, odds? I what know. are the odds? Holy. Amazing. Ugh, that makes me want to pass out. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. They watched as these men, who both looked to be in their 20s, gathered the packages with Gary's name on them and loaded them into their vehicle. Once it was clear they were the suspects they had been looking for, deputies arrested the men and took them into custody. Mm. They were identified as brothers, 30-year-old Benjamin Matthew Williams, who went by Matthew, and 29-year-old James Tyler Williams, who went by Tyler. And in order to keep things straight, I'm going to call them by their middle names, by the names names. they went. Yeah. At the time of their arrest, the brothers were both armed with handguns and were wearing bulletproof vests. Whoa. One of the brothers started screaming at the police to shoot him when they started to approach, but they refused. The police refused to just shoot him Uh and were able to apprehend the two men without incident. When police searched the car, they found Gary's credit card and photo ID, as well as an arsenal of weapons, including semi-automatic rifles and shotguns. They also found what looked like a homemade silencer with a small drop of blood on it. So I'm just going to go ahead and guess some kind of weird militia thing, some sort Mm -hmm. of end of days, gay, grace, riot, Charlie Manson shit. Basically, yes. Am I on the right track mm, yes you are a very smart person yes <laughs> yep. yep during their interrogation matthew spent his time yelling to his brother not to say a word tyler did as he was told and refused to talk to police 
so they had to gather what they could about the brothers and find hard evidence to charge them with murder. Matthew and Tyler Williams were raised by their parents in the very small rural town of Gridley, California. The boys were homeschooled until high school and were very conservative evangelical Christians. They were raised to believe that the government was out to get them and to interpret the Bible literally. A neighbor of the Williamses described them as, quote, heavy Bible thumpers and said that it wasn't uncommon to hear recordings of sermons and religious music coming from their house. Yep. Matthew and Tyler's parents were, quote, apocalyptic survivalists who stockpiled food and weapons in preparation for the second coming of Christ, which they believed would happen at any time. Stressful, Mm -hmm. stressful. Like hell house, literal hell. Hell house. Yes. Their father was known for walking through the streets of Gridley, yelling for the people in the town to repent their sins or burn in hell, quoting Bible scripture as he went. The family briefly attended a Baptist church in their town, but left when the church refused to kick out a biracial couple. Wow. And again, we just have one of those stories again where it's just like, what do you expect? What do you expect to happen? This is what they expect. Those parents, you know. Yes. This is not a surprise to the parents. It's probably a thumbs up from the parents. Yep. Unfortunately. Yep. Once the brothers were out of high school, they were not allowed to be a part of any extracurricular activities, and they were both straight A students. Wow. To say they led a sheltered life would be an understatement, and those that knew them in high school said they almost exclusively hung out together and were real loners. What a fucking life, man. You go from just being under constant torment, constant fear, constant stress, constant alert, to just murdering people back into prison i'd like oh god mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> how do you get played that card how is that your life like you no. get born into this dysfunctional sad scary place and then you just stay in a dysfunctional sad scary place forever yeah. well and you're like you said that your whole life is just being prepared for the literal yeah. end of the world and yeah. sin and you better repent yeah. and you better save people and yeah you know, like i can't help but think about the way we were raised which mm-hmm. wasn't anything like this in some ways but also i had a taste of that like we we went to churches that preached shit like this and yep um was uh, you know i remember having a lot of fear and anxiety around you know the rapture and shit you know just mm-hmm. <laughs> And how hard that was for me emotionally and like how much anxiety it created. And, you know, when you're, when the people that, you know, your parents or your pastors or whoever is telling you that this is how it's going to be, it's just Mm -hmm. so confusing and scary. It's terrifying. You know, it's, there's a lot of trauma there. And, you know, so I just can't imagine being in uh, constantly being in that place no no i we yeah i was plenty traumatized from the little bit i was exposed to Mm -hmm. that and yeah it's very i I talked about this recently the language that was used in the churches that we went to was extremely violent it was Mm -hmm. very like waging war you know crushing the enemy all these just like super duper violent terms when referring to things in a sanctuary for a loving god it's just really fucking confusing yes <laughs> like and 
super inappropriate if you ask me. Like, I understand wanting to banish these bad things, but that's not according to everything that I know about the religion, mm-hmm. which is a fair amount. It should be through love and not through violence and right. hate. Right. So when you move away it's from confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You move away from the it, principles that actually matter and and into this <sighs> control like extremism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not about yeah. religion or God at that point. It's very much about no. religion, but it's not about God well, it's like or... a pornographic version of it. That's how it mm-hmm. always felt. It felt like weird sort of, you know, devil porn to me. I yes. just felt super inappropriate. It definitely did not feel appropriate for me to be hearing these things as a child right. or a teenager right. at all. I'm being exposed to like ultra graphic imagery and like, you know, talking about the crucifixion. It's just like, it's constant. They're just mm-hmm. constantly like getting off on talking about these very violent things. Not all Christians, not all Christian churches, but the one we were raised in. This is my experience. And so, you know, being in like non-denominational and Baptist churches and Pentecostal churches is fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. At least it was in the 90s. So yeah, yeah I can and relate. Very much uh, us versus them, whoever them is. Big you know, time. With them was a lot of people. Most everyone except for those that you know and are like you. Yep. Yeah. 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 There's a reason I moved 2,500 miles away from the place we grew up this fucking literal second I could because I right. had to get out of there. It was a super dangerous place for me to be. Yes. Extremely dangerous. It really was. Yep. So Tyler, who is just one year younger than his brother, was described as shy, nerdy, and sweet. His older brother, Matthew, was the leader of the two and the one with the big ideas. Tyler would do whatever Matthew asked. The family eventually moved to Reading because their father believed he received, quote, God's orders to do so. Mm-hmm. After high school, Matthew went off to the Navy for a short time while Tyler stayed home and went to a nearby college. After getting out of the Navy, Matthew went to the University of Idaho. While there, he joined a charismatic church. So thinking like speaking in tongues and the pastors mm-hmm. that like hit you on the head and you fall over mm-hmm. you know, performing grand miracles by the power given to by, yep. him, by the Holy Spirit and whatnot. Yep. While there, he became interested in, quote, purification diets, hoping to achieve perfect bowel movements. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. He also started to dabble in white supremacist and anti-Semitic forums online. Yeah. And that, mm, I love that area in Idaho. I love it. I spent Mm. a lot of time there and I have a huge place in my heart for it. But we talked about this in the last episode too. Idaho, Oregon, Eastern Oregon, parts of like Eastern California. It's Mm. so sketchy, especially (laughs) Idaho, especially back then. Especially now. I mean, I think even now, Idaho is, yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Yep. And I love, 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 love Idaho. I think it is the unsung hero of the West. I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So many things I love about it. So this is not trash talk in Idaho because I sure. think anyone who lives there is lucky to live there. But yeah, just statistically facts. Mm-hmm. It's I would guess, I mean, you tell us our Idaho listeners. I would assume that a lot of them would agree. Sort of like, I think yeah. Indiana is a beautiful place to live. And I also think it's full of racists. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just going to say, people love to trash on Indiana. And I think mm-hmm. I get it. It's, <laughs> Not everybody you know, here is I, terrible, but there's yeah. plenty of terrible mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. here. The information he found seemed to have led him to the Christian identity movement, which teaches that Jews were actually direct descendants of Satan, having been born to the serpent and Eve in the Garden of Eden, 
while white people were descendants of Adam and Eve. Yeah, let's just slide on right down that fucking slippery slope into terrible terrible town. (laughs) Yeah. God. Yes. When it was, I mean, not that we're going to get into this Christian identity movement, but it was one of those things that started with one person who was like, we were all, we're all from the same tribe. And then event, like over the course of decades moved into Mm -hmm. this super racist. Right. Yeah. Bullshit. Yep. This movement also advocates death to all homosexuals, among other very fucking awful ideas. Yep. After leaving Idaho, Matthew went back to his family in California and started telling his brother that after not finding a church that held his extremist biblical beliefs, he wanted to start his own. Oh, great. Good. Good. Yep. Spread that good word around. Good. Tyler, who was also interested in white supremacy, was happy to go along with his brother's plan. When they weren't diving deep into all that is awful, they were running a landscaping and lawn service business out of their parents' home. They also had a booth at the farmer's market alongside Gary and Winfield. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when detectives couldn't get the brothers to talk, they got a search warrant for their homes instead. When they searched the small cabin where Matthew lived, they found a 22 caliber pistol that held the same bullets that were found at the scene. Alongside the pistol, they found another large arsenal of weapons at the cabin, loaded and ready to go. It seemed as if they were preparing for war. Alongside a library of literature on white supremacy and anti-Semitism, they found a list of prominent Jewish people living in the Sacramento area. Oh, fuck. God. They also discovered manuals in Tyler's home on breaking and entering and how to make your own improvised explosive devices. So chilling. It's so chilling. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Then in the kitchen back at Matthew's house, they found a plastic tub filled with newspaper clippings. These clippings were all about recent arson fires that happened at synagogues and an abortion clinic in the surrounding area. Oh, shit. Detectives started to realize that Gary and Winfield's murders were just one tragic and awful piece to the William brothers' absolutely horrific plan. In the early morning hours of June 18th, 1999, two weeks before Gary and Winfield were killed, there were three fire bombings at three different synagogues. Shit. Luckily, no one was harmed in the fires, but the message was clear. Someone believed that Jewish people were to be afraid and were not welcome in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Then the night after the murders, an abortion clinic was set on fire in the same way as the synagogues. Police believed the brothers were behind these attacks as well. Forensic evidence for the murder started to come back quickly. The pistol found at Matthews was determined to be the murder weapon, and DNA testing confirmed the blood on the silencer belonged to Gary. When detectives brought the evidence they had to Tyler, he started to talk. Tyler said that Matthew had met Gary and Winfield at the farmer's market and really got along with the couple. 
He started to consider them friends and had conflicting feelings about this. Mm. It's going to make me cry. I just... Yep. There is something harder about it. Not that it isn't already hard, but the fact that he... Yep. The feelings he had about them because he liked them caused so much hate and anger. Like, yep. I know. I know. Well, and also that they was so close to changing his mind and his heart. And instead he was influenced to extreme violence. It sucks. It's sad. And you know, he regrets it to this day. You know it, you know? You know, he wishes he would just still be sitting at the fucking farmer's market with them, like shooting the shit, because that's the alternative. Yeah. It's just to be cool, man. Yeah. But he's already been so indoctrinated, you know, he's already just been beaten into believing that this is how he has to maintain power. This is how he has to be a good person. This is right. his he will entire go lot in life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Tyler said that Matthew came to him two weeks before the murders and told him about his plan to kill the couple. He wanted to know if his little brother would help him, and Tyler agreed. Tragic. In the media, there's been a ton of speculation around Matthew's own sexuality and the possibility that he had inner turmoil about being gay himself. Yep. Could this have been a part of the motive for killing Gary and Winfield? Friends of Matthew's, some who later came out as gay themselves, said they wouldn't have been surprised to hear that Matthew was gay. Mm-hmm. It's possible Matthew's attraction to Gary and Winfield or seeing a gay couple living their lives authentically was too much for him, and he snapped. No doubt. And I don't even think that he would. I mean, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but I think that even if he didn't have an interest in you know wasn't homosexual that this still would have happened you know like I don't absolutely yeah but that I mean it really we see it time and time again mm-hmm. it's almost cliche now that the most outspoken homophobes are generally homosexuals homosexuals yeah yeah so Tyler said that on the night of the murders the brothers drove out to Happy Valley in their dad's Toyota Corolla they broke into Gary and Winfield's home and found them asleep in their bed He told police that Matthew climbed up on the chair to reach the men and did all the shooting. Matthew emptied the entire magazine from his 22 caliber semi-automatic handgun into one man before reloading and firing five more shots into the other. Tyler claimed that other than labored breathing, the victims made no sounds before or after the shootings. So once it was over, Matthew drove away in Gary's Toyota Tricel while Tyler returned to his parents' house and went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Tyler never mentioned the outgoing voicemail message that was made during the murders. Tyler explained that Matthew didn't consider what he did to Gary and Winfield murder, but believed he was passing God's judgment to the men. It was all mm-hmm. part of God's plan. Right. So Matthew refused to talk to police, but was happy to be interviewed by journalists and other media outlets. Mm, he readily, mm-hmm. and you see this guy, his face, he's just like, ugh. So excited mm, to get the mm, attention. Uh, yeah. Hey. Yep. Yep. 
He readily admitted to the murders and said he was, quote, obeying the law of God. He committed the murders because he believed homosexuality violated God's laws, and he hoped his actions would incite more killings. He even went so far as to say he expected to get a light sentence since it wasn't real murder. God, I mean, truly, truly, it's like, I don't know if people understand how deep the delusion runs. I don't know if they fully get that. I think that unless you grew up around it or spent time around in communities of people like that, like I remember turning around in math class, this kid sat in front of me, we'd be he's now married to a civil rights attorney and I'm going to go ahead and get it for that. But I, I was just like, I had heard a rumor that he hated me, like openly was talking about how much he couldn't stand me. And I was still, I hadn't come out to myself yet, but I had a shaved head and I mean, all fucking signs were pointing to homosexuality straight ahead. Mm-hmm. And I turned around and I said, you know, do you something like, do you, do you hate me? Do you not like me? And he was totally taken aback, but we totally started a dialogue. And he admitted to me, he was like, Courtney, I used to walk around in high school. And he said, when you shaved your head, he said, I legitimately thought you did it to like piss me off. This boy who I'd never spoken to in my entire life, we'd never had any interaction. I had no reason, but he was like, I have been taught from the moment I was born that homosexuality is so disgusting and so wrong and so sinful and to be hated so much that I became convinced that you did that specifically to piss me off. And so we had a long conversation about it and we became great friends. And like I said, now he's married to a civil rights attorney, like (laughs) fucking full 180. But, you know, I mean, that's just bizarre. That is just a crazy, bizarre Mm -hmm. thing. But that it's like, that's how powerful that indoctrination is it's how powerful it is if you were raised from the time you were born like with that much hate and vitriol the like best case scenario some budding lesbian turns around in math class and calls you out on it and it changes your life forever right. but generally speaking this is the kind of shit that happens terrible yeah. terrible violent devastating shit right completely dehumanizing people yeah like they are not humans anymore yeah and guess what yeah. it has nothing to fucking do with you you could just leave them alone right. just let them live their lives it I is just... not your responsibility it's not no. your responsibility so anyway yeah no I, none of this surprises yes, me. couldn't say yep no no I'm. Uh, I, I hate to say it. I'm honestly surprised this doesn't happen more often. I truly as sad as it is, yes. or didn't happen more often. Yes, you know. But I think, like you just said, I think of a thousand kids that I went to. I mean, I didn't go to school with a thousand kids, but I, there was plenty of kids there raised this way. Yep. Full of anger and hate and abused and just a, just one step away from doing something extremely violent yep. towards people that they were told. Well, we all go away. And that's the funny thing when they're like, oh, the coastal elites. I'm like, who do you think designed that? You guys did. We had, we still, we continue to have to leave. Yeah, you can't be gay and live in fucking Trafalgar, Indiana. You can't be liberal. Yeah, (laughs) right? You know, it's like not, not just, not, I'm in a, and I pause for a second. I'm not comparing my liberalness to your, you know, like to the, what homosexuals go through at all. No. But yeah, you know, like, yeah. You know, if you just want to like never talk to anybody, you can live there. Right. Yeah. 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 No, we flee. We fucking flee because it's super unsafe and 
generally mm-hmm. at best case it's very unpleasant but right you know it's yeah yeah y'all did that you all created the mm-hmm. coastal elites that was mm-hmm. your doing yep so we're talking about matthew and his charming interviews here yeah so he summed his interviews up by expressing regret that more quote people who claim to be christians didn't have the guts to act as he had mm-hmm. he hoped to become a christian martyr whose death would inspire others to lash out against jews homosexuals and other minorities mm-hmm. so in september of 2001 both brothers pleaded guilty to the arson attacks matthew was sentenced to 30 years in prison and tyler was sentenced to 21 years They were also ordered to pay more than $1 million in restitution. It would take time for the murder charges to make their way through the court system. While the brothers waited in jail, Matthew and another inmate attacked a prison guard with a homemade hatchet. The guard suffered a skull fracture and a broken jaw. Fuck. Yeah, we're not talking, I mean, like, brutal. (sighs) After the attack, Matthew was kept in segregation. A few months later, at 6.30 a.m. on November 17, 2002, Matthew was found dead in his cell. Apparently, Matthew jammed his cell door with a piece of cardboard and then spread a blanket between his cell toilet and the wall so that he could not be seen. He then slashed his arms, legs, and neck using a disposable jail-issued razor he had modified to expose the blade. He attached it to a handle fashioned from a ballpoint pen and fastened it to his wrist with dental floss. The cuts were deep enough that he bled to death. What a fucking shame, man. What an absolute waste and a shame. Yeah. Matthew was found with an amulet fashioned from dental floss and aluminum foil around his neck. It contained various items, including two Bible verses. Officials did not say which Bible verses it held. But in William's cell, a Bible was open to Psalm 22 and 23, which I didn't look up. But mm-hmm. I'm not spreading the word of Matthew today. No. So after Matthew's death, it was reported that the Shasta County Jail had been ordered by the court to make sure that Matthew had no narcotics in his system so that he could be drug-free for a brain scan his attorneys had arranged. Matthew was supposed to be weaned off his medications, but the jail staff stopped his medication abruptly. Fuck. So Uh they're thinking Uh that that contributed. No doubt about it. Two days before his death, Matthew mailed a signed confession to his brother's attorney, taking full responsibility for the murders of Gary and Winfield. In the one-page letter, Matthew wrote that it was a, quote, accepted fact that he killed the two men whom he referred to as, quote, the two perverts. Mm -hmm. He expressed concern about poisoning a jury against his brother, whose innocence he maintained. Tyler's attorney turned the letter over to the court for review on the case and attempted to use the letter to dismiss the charges against Tyler, but the the court rejected this attempt. (laughs) Like, hey, 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 guys. So the brother says he didn't do it. So can we just (laughs) throw out the The murder brother? The murder brother who also Mm -hmm. attacked, you know. Yeah. Doesn't matter that Tyler himself said he was there and was a a willing accomplice. No, no, no. Let's just set that aside. Murder brother said it was him, so... Right. We're good, right? Right. (laughs) Nice try. Tyler pleaded guilty to two counts of first-degree murder and was sentenced to 29 years to life, which would be served after the 21-year sentence for the the arsons. 
Tyler Williams is now 52 years old and is still Mm. in prison. He has a parole hearing scheduled for December 16th, 2022. Oh, fuck. He had one scheduled for August, but it got pushed back. So despite the fear Gary and Winfield's murders caused the people in Reading and Happy Valley, they did not let it stop them from showing their love and support to the two men who were stolen from them much too soon. Just one week after the murders, hundreds gathered at Caldwell Park to remember the couple. Many brought seeds to plant in memory of the two men, and a close friend handed out cuttings from the couple's weeping willow tree. Mm. A scholarship fund was started for Gary's daughter, Clea, who was 19 at the time. Within 10 days, activists were organizing a drag show and a taco feed to raise Mm -hmm. money. At the farmer's market later that month, flowers from the couple's garden were among prizes raffled off to support the family. Volunteers began gathering signatures for an official ordinance condemning hate crimes. By early August, with pressure from the community, Redding and Shasta County passed resolutions urging tolerance. (laughs) Friends of the couple established the Matson Mauder Pride Alliance, which sponsored the celebration of life and diversity held one year after the murders. It's estimated that more than 500 people attended. In 2006, a community garden was dedicated to Gary and Winfield, and it's still maintained to this day. Oh, God. I bet they're going to pack the house at that parole hearing. I know. I hope so. Oh. And that is just a really sad story. Sad, sad story. God, it's so sad. I feel sad for everybody. I mean, it's, you know, again, like their actions are not remotely fucking justified but i we i watched these videos there was just a proud boy march in fucking indianapolis over the weekend and you know i, I watched the videos of it and these are children these are like yes. little boys right just like squammy little scrawny boys and i'm like i've said it before we have to we have to show them love we have to show them a brighter way of being there has to be a more seductive alternative to hate and violence because if you feel out of control if you feel scared you are more likely to resort to violence and bad dangerous devastating things than you are to like seek asylum right yeah absolutely because it's just it just that's the way our lizard brains work so Ugh, God, it's so sad. It's so sad. Fucking the 90s as a gay person, too. Don't even get me started. I have to keep it compartmentalized because it's it was awful. Yeah, it's an so awful sorry. time. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry for them. And they lived in California. That was like this. I mean, they lived in Eastern Redding. California. And I'm familiar mm. with Redding. Yeah, enough to know that that was. But mm-hmm. still, you know, it should yeah. have been more safe. They should have been more safe there. It's just fucking devastating. It really, it's just awful. Yeah, I was <sighs> sort of surprised that. I mean, I guess we were in Arcata Eureka later. Yeah, I got I there in 2000. Um, yeah, yeah, no, early 2001. Right, because you were down south, but yeah, just that I hadn't heard of the story before, and no, um, yeah, just uh, ugh, ugh, I hate it so much, and I yep. can't. I just it's again like so often I can't put my I can't put myself in people's shoes, and that's one of those like, yep, that extremism is just so hard to understand. 
Well, it's a good reminder and it's a safe thing to do. And you have the privilege to be able to have a conversation with somebody who could hurt somebody else. Go ahead and yeah. fucking do it, you know? Yep. Well, uh, the only salve to heal after that fucking big pile of devastation is name time. Do you all hooray! agree? The world yes, needs we do. joy and beauty. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys, you have sent me so many <laughs> last <laughs> like, week and a half. It's like I all we get is names. Oh, you know, not that that's a problem, but it's just never so stop. Funny. No, but I'm like, okay, I, I got it within two days. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to break these in half. And now I'm like, I'm gonna have to break these in fourth. So if you don't hear a name that you submitted, don't fret. It is coming next time. Um, this just I mean, there is a solid like 45 minutes worth of names here. So <laughs> Time. Let's just kick it off with Coming Georgia. Da, 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 da. <laughs> spelled exactly how you think it would be spelled. Mm, I'm going to move there tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Awkward. Um, here's a master class on how to name people. Apparently, people are setting their children up for extreme success in 2022 because these are some birth certificate names from the birth certificate office oh. over the last six months. Just first names, no last names, but they are spectacular. I'll just go to run right straight down them. Andromeda, Harmony, mm. Celestial, Success, Divinity, Ecstasy, Aquanet, Majesty, Queen, Prince, Kingdom, Prophecy, Mayhem, Charlie Danger, and Calamity. Yes. Talk about making mischief. People are going to be making their own mischief eras. Wow, or it's like... Uh, mutant school, like a uh, X Men. Yes, That's what yes. you know. Not... It's total mutant school. Yes. Super people. What is it called? Yes, oh, X Men. Yeah, super like heroes? superheroes. Yes, hundred uh, percent. Real yep. quick, harmony makes me think of. I went to high school. I grew up my whole life. Uh, we had a little tiny class of a hundred people. Right, we grew yep. up in the middle of nowhere. And in my class, we had both a harmony and a melody. Yes, you did. And, and yes. one of them is um, the civil rights lawyer that the other kid that I mentioned is married to, uh -oh. as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to those babies. Uh, Penny Chinche. What? Yeah. I think That's... I saw that one somewhere. Uh, Richard Sackwriter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Not to be outdone by Richard Head. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't had a I'm dickhead. very surprised. We might have. We might have. Uh, how about... happy to revisit it if that's the case. I, I think it probably will not be the last time we get a Richard Head. <laughs> Girly Crumb Jr. killed five people. Murdered his family. His family. Girly what? Crumb Jr. murdered his family. Five people in total. Yep. Leave wow. it to true crime listeners to extract Pulled the great out names of out of the true crime wow. podcasts. Terrible. Yep. Um, names that came through a listener's lab. Abraham, Abraham, Amir, Amir, <laughs> and Suki, Sukia. I approve. You know I fucking yes. approve. Uh, the last names, Pig and Hog. Yep. <laughs> 
Um, names found online. Olive Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> jealous. Extremely jealous of that name. Yes. Oh, I want yep. some fun some breadsticks right now yeah i want an unlimited salad i want the one olive so one much. pepperoncini uh i think we covered this one but it came back around dutch ophthalmologist i see nothing <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember that one it's okay <laughs> great and not as hilarious as charity ham jack <laughs> my name could be charity ham jack ham jack <laughs> oh it's so why good does, why does god hate me why does god why did god not allow me to be a ham jack <laughs> it's just come on <laughs> almost as good as hymen shocker or doctor doctor no yeah hymen shocker yes god and doctor doctor there's also a doctor hurt <laughs> god <laughs> There is a Goldilock. There is mm -hmm. a Jesus condom. There is no, a there is a Justin Cider. <laughs> I don't think that's real, but maybe it is. There is Dumas and McPhail. They're lawyers. That's a lawyer. <laughs> oh my god! And a crystal ball. Let's see how many oh, more man. I have. Oh my god. Okay, I'll go through a few more. Holy shit. Um Famous People's Kids Names. Huckleberry Grills is Bear Grills kid. <laughs> Pilot yes. Inspector is Jason Lee's son. What? Rocket Rebel Racer and Rogue Rodriguez are Robert yes. Rodriguez's kids. Somebody had a fifth grade oh, there's a fifth grade teacher named Mr. Perv. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. No. Fanny Licker, Dick mm -mm. Thrasher, Dick mm -mm. Felt, Donald no. Duck, no. Jolly Mangina, <laughs> Penis, no. which looks like penis when it's written out, Mr. Love, and Dick Howard. Wait, 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 wait. Go back to the vagina one. Jolly Mangina. Yes. <laughs> okay oh god three more i have a correction i said gay hornet last time it was gay horny <laughs> I, my autocorrect fucked that one up for me and, no it's great either way <laughs> yes and the listener who sent me gay horny and then sent me the correction of gay horny there were two more that i missed they sent me some slides from instagram or something and it was <laughs> janet <laughs> Bench, <laughs> Tanya Gooch. <laughs> she's a realtor. Her real estate company is called the Gooch, the Gooch Group. <laughs> no. Yes. You guys, this is real life. God, if so you're funny. having a hard time, just remember these are real names. This is real life. We actually live mm -hmm. in a world where the universe has inspired people to name human beings these names and that is a oh, man beautiful thing that is a magnificent beautiful thing it really really is <laughs> those are and there's good. more those were good <laughs> so good what wait. was your favorite jolly mangina oh. um well that was good olive gardner who's definitely olive yes. gardner 
Yes, definitely Olive Gardner. Oh, although, man. although Janet Bench and Tanya Gooch are pretty good. Bench, Bench, Bench. is funny. That's it's like a, funny. it's like when a sixth grader tries to swear. You know, you're like, yes, I'm going exactly. to f- flicking him off. I'm going to flick you off. Right. <laughs> Stop being such a bench. Such... <laughs> Stop being such a bench, Janet. <laughs> Especially paired with Tanya Gooch. Oh, man. Thank That's you, so guys. Thank, thank you for you sending so much. You know who else we need uh, to thank? Who? Our Patreon supporters. Oh, yeah. Hey, remember, you also can sign up. Don't want to listen to ads? Yep. We can help you. We got our first $1 Patreon. Uh, we've No, we've had a few. Oh, I just couple. missed them. I saw one today. I was like, yeah, good job. Yeah. No, I think we have like three or four. Great. Uh, you can also sign up for weekly bonus episodes. I can't believe we still manage to do this twice a week <laughs> i truly agree and i was also thinking honest to god honest to god you guys without the patreon supporters this there would not be a podcast period no we'd be done we'd be long gone we couldn't have no. done it without that financial support it, no question yeah. hands down especially in the last couple of months when shit got expensive and like yes yeah it's no i i mean like i have relied on that money to just keep our family afloat for reals and so thank yeah. you for that yeah. and it's you know, it's just enough to like, oh, yeah, people are still here with us and like us and want us to continue. So thank you for that. And, yeah. Um, it's, you know, just you make it worth it. All of y'all all make this worth our Big time. So and much. if you think, oh, well, they're so hot shit. They have ads now. Well, mm. um, <laughs> the ads are nice. It's helpful. And if, you know, we continue to grow, then that we could do this full time. But we are very 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 far away from that being a reality so we do yep. we do very much appreciate the patreon support and 100 yep so thank you for that and yep we have we're on youtube and i looked the other day and i think we've amassed an entire like 115 dollars over there listen <laughs> just worth it it's worth getting ready an hour earlier it's worth the two and a half hours of editing of the video that Sadie has to do it's ugh, we're in the money anyway we are rich no rich. but we legitimately there would not be a podcast we would have had to have bailed so that Sadie could have got a full-time job and blah 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 mm. and so let's give those people the thanks that they are due thanks in guys. the form of chaos coming out of my face yes very first, I would like to give a huge thank you to Molly W. I would like to be named Molly. And if you want to know why, it's because I would be a cutie pie if my name was Molly W, which stands for winding road into your future and along the road you say hello to the things that are coming into your life like everything good and no strife and things that you like <laughs> like success and money and happiness and wealth and things that are funny like little tiny animals singing the song saying come on molly let's all get along 
it helps if you take a moment, drop acid, rewind a minute and a half, and then play that song, Molly. FYI, make a lot more sense. Play it backwards too. Makes a lot more sense. See what happens. Yeah. See what the devil's gonna tell you. Yep. Yep. Thank you so much to Jennifer B. Jennifer, bopping down the road alongside Molly W. And Jennifer B. stands for buttering me up to tell her why she's so wonderful. And I say, Jennifer, I don't need to be buttered up to tell you why you're so wonderful. It's just so fucking obvious. And she says, well, then tell me, why have you been holding back for so long? And I say, (laughs) because I thought that you just knew. Because everybody knows why Jennifer B. is a fuck. Fucking best. It actually stands for best, comma, fucking, meaning you're the fucking best in the world. And she says, is that all that you have to say about me? And I say, no, there's one more thing. And I tell her to come in really close. And she leans in to hear what it is. And I say, you also are really a brilliant girl. She says, oh, fi- finally. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know what this Yay. melody is. I don't not know what this melody is. We're running with it. I'm going with it. <laughs> Did you all see that TikTok, this TikTok? Mm. I don't think it's true, but it's the best TikTok ever where this Reddit, it's a Reddit thread about how this boyfriend's, it's, well, anyway, it's just a Reddit thread. So it's an electronic voice reading the Reddit thread. And it's it's from the point of view of a boyfriend. And he's like, I fucked up. I um, made a, a playlist, like a sexy time playlist for oh, my yes. girlfriend. Have you seen this one? <laughs> yes. yes. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to pull it up because I just need to share this with everyone. And he's like, I've been playing it for two years. And like, it, I had to, you know, figure out how to like kind of really get in the mood and my girlfriend just told me after two years that she doesn't like the playlist. And in particular, <laughs> she doesn't like this one specific song, but it's like the song that really like gets me, gets me going, really does it for me. <laughs> and he's like, so I didn't play the playlist, but I was still like, I hate the word thrusting, but like thrusting to the beat, you know, in my oh, head and she knew it thrusting. and she called me out on it. And so here's the song and TikTok is all a flutter about this fucking mm-hmm. this song. <laughs> so anyway, that's how I feel like my shouty outies are going today. I feel like that is the that is exactly the beat that I'm following. <laughs> even if it's not true which is probably not true it's still very funny that is very very funny (laughs) to think about anyway anyway let's let's do one more yes let's do one more yes all right thank you so much it's another molly ah thank you so much to molly v i would like to say molly wally ding dong come along and sing a song with me 
<laughs> Molly, Molly, ding dong, you are the best girl of all the times and in the entire world. Molly is the girl. She's the one that everybody wants to know. Who is she? And she says, I am Molly. I am Molly. <laughs> I am Molly. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I did like exercise that beat that I had the <laughs> melody. It wasn't a beat. I was not on beat all night tonight. But just, uh, uh, transition out of. <laughs> anyway, anyway, thank we you love guys, you guys so thank much you. for being here. So, so much. And if you want to spend more time with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all of them. At <laughs> all they of them. Will kill. Yep. Yes. Uh, you can go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can always email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate and review and subscribe to us also on Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. Yep. You can go wherever you want. Thank you, AJ Bergans, for our music. Thank you so much. You can find him on Spotify, too, and yep. probably iHeartRadio. Yep, definitely. I don't um, know how iHeartRadio works, but I'm going to don't know. We're going to put work. him there. Yep. And if they, he isn't there, we're going to sue them. <laughs> Both of get, them. Yep. Getting Time to do that served. some more. iHeart. We were getting served. Just and su- AJ. Suing our own network. <laughs> yeah. Um, and remember... Yeah, just be dirt. <laughs> yes, I like it. And remember, oh, 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 come back. Play us out, Hudson Hudson Mohawk. Chat is the name of the song. <laughs> Uh, we love you guys. We love so you guys so much. much. We'll see you real soon. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.